to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun, sexy guests into the studio to have sexual conversations. Today, we, believe it or not, they, they don't happen very often, but we have a topic-based episode. Today, we are talking about demisexuality. Very excited to have holistic healer and founder of Sit With Kid. Kid, hello. Hello, hello. Hopefully the name makes sense to the business now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Sit with Kit. I love that. That feels good in the mouth, you know? It's a good oh, mouth feel. Totally. <laughs> and it all has to do with <laughs> good mouth feel. Of course, yeah. on this show, you have to have a good mouth feel. Have to. <laughs> it's a requirement. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, the, the sit with Kit part is literally like my business is that you're sitting with me, right? So... Uh, it just so happened that my name is also Kit. <laughs> <laughs> just so happened. It just worked out. Holistic healer. Can you talk a bit about what that means for if those are like new terms for people that are listening? Yeah, I, I tend to get that a lot. I think that people are used to certain holistic healing, such as, uh, you know, massage is very common to go to right. a registered massage therapist and get that written off through certain businesses and stuff. Um, but when we, when we think about the broader term of holistic healing, um, we go into naturopaths, Reiki, crystal healing, aromatherapy. Um, I went to school for holistic healing, and that was just a couple of the courses that just brush the surface of what I had to learn (laughs) so it's a very broad term and um, it's yeah I get that question a lot of like what is holistic healing because I don't think it's uh, well recognized yet we aren't registered so for example I actually offer massage through my um, uh, business I mainly do energy healing Reiki healing uh, crystal healing and stuff but um, I'm able to do massage I was trained in that but not a registered massage therapist. So you would right. be able to get my services written off. Gotcha, gotcha. Another yeah. thing that I see really often um, on on your feed um, <laughs> is that you're doing meditations. You often have like a five-minute morning meditation or something like that on your Instagram. Um, yes. Can you talk yes. a little bit about, about what those entail? Yeah, totally. I I love my meditations. I've really been getting more and more into it. I really dove deep into it kind of at the height of the pandemic, um, doing Zoom meditations for a group of people. And that was really fun. I was doing that regularly. Um, Yeah, I wanted to get into something that was kind of part of my business has always been from a perspective of how can I make this as approachable and digestible um, Mm -hmm. for the everyday Mm -hmm. person. 
accessibility is so big for me. Um, so I think when people are starting out in meditation, they get really frustrated because it just seems so inaccessible. You have to be doing these specific poses. You have to be clearing your mind. It has to be for a certain length of time. And it's all these kind of rules and regulations that make it seem really hard to grasp at first. And of course, that can maybe be the goal at the end of it. I want to be able to meditate for 30 minutes. But to have that be your starting point can be really stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started doing these five minute meditations on Fridays. I kind of like the ring to it. Another kind of, what did you call it? A good mouth feeling? Oh yeah, good mouth feel. It has good mouth feel. (laughs) Totally, right? Five minute meditation Fridays, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I, I just started doing those on live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really, really enjoying them. And I always start my meditations with my three guidelines to meditation. And that's another way that I try to make it as accessible for people. And then I, you know, just reminding them that's just five minutes. That's all. Just yeah. five minutes to take for yourself. Really important. I love that. I think that's really important that it's at that kind of accessible, you know, um, non-intimidating just kind of a short little meditation. Anyone can do five minutes. Anyone can do almost anything for five minutes, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And to just, you know, do it for yourself. Like, we forget to fill up our cup so often. Oof, and then we're asked from... Right? Why are you looking at me when you're saying that? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, a, it's amazing that when other people then ask something from us, we snap or our reaction's poor or, you know, we can't show up for them because we haven't filled up our own cup. Something that my mom says a lot is if you fill up your own cup enough, you'll be able to overflow yourself into other people's cups with your joy, your happiness, your love. Uh, gratitude right if you're not giving that your that to yourself first you're not gonna have anything to give and then you know you're gonna it's just gonna be a, a negative spiral from there right you're you start resenting yourself and feeling guilty and bad and um this is where I want to try and use meditation to help bring people out of that funk. You know, it's a moment for yourself to fill up your cup, to hopefully start off your day right, you know, with a little bit more mindfulness in terms of how you want to show up in the world. Yeah, because how do we break that cycle? If that's something that we typically do, we kind of walk around like burnt out and just, you know, doing probably too much work and not enough self-care, self-love, alone time. Um, for ourselves like how do we move from one into something that is you know we're routinely taking more time for ourselves Mm -hmm. well I think you kind of hit the nail on the head where you say how do we routinely do it (laughs) (laughs) right right it's honestly about making it a habit right and the first step is I think acknowledging that you want to make a change and then actually actionizing it and the actionizing it is really, really hard. That's what I actually find the most difficult, at least, is that I'm at a point now where I've recognized where I want to make improvements and changes and evolve as a human. But actually waking up every day and being like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do the good thing. I'm going to fight the good fight. You know, it's not... <laughs> It's not that easy, Uh, especially I think, and this might touch more on or resonate more with people who are struggling with mental health challenges, but when you have those challenges and then have also been faced with 
certain amount of trauma um, you know, even just getting out of bed is really, really hard. Um, something that I learned through my studies and professors is that when you are depressed, your uh, body temperature actually lowers as a like kind of fight or flight mechanism. It helps keep you in bed, right? You're cold, you become colder, and so you want to stay warm. And that's why you stay in bed, right? It's a fight or flight uh, response to the depression. It's like, no, 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 you shouldn't (laughs) face the world right now. You're not feeling good. Um, Which is really hard because if you keep getting into that cycle, it's it's really hard to break because then you're making that a habit. Um, It's important, yes, to have rest. But then we also need to, like you're saying, find a way to kind of break that negative habit and get into a routine that's more positive for us so yeah it's a tricky one that makes perfect sense though how you're saying it I mean that's something Mm -hmm. also that I teach like in my classes surrounding you know just like certain kinky skills it's like okay like take this class and learn this information and kind of internalize a lot of like the theory that's surrounding it but then um you're gonna need to practice it to get better at it like you're gonna need to do it to get better Mm -hmm. so it's not just that you've learned it and then you can kind of forget about it and move forward it's like no then you have to do the thing a whole bunch to actually like you know get it into your body and like stuff like just getting more confident in the bedroom surrounding like dirty talk for example let's say Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's like okay I can teach you this workshop but you're that's a skill that you're gonna have to keep practicing and practicing to get better at and to just like you were saying develop a good habit surrounding this like you know that you can clock yourself kind of overthinking or second guessing and then moving like make a habit of moving past that instinctual feeling um Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. just doing it any with any skill the more you do it the more confident you're going to get at it because you're getting better at that skill but it takes practice Oh, yeah. People forget that the mind is still uh, a muscle that we have to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. exercise, right? Um, Like, we need to be putting in as much work into our body as we we are into our minds and souls. Um, But because we can't see it, it's a hard one to think that, you know, oh, this is something that we need to work on or needs to be fixed, you know. And not that we need to be fixed in any kind of way, but it's just that... um, we can all develop some better habits. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a long, lifelong journey. Oh, totally. Healing is not linear, people. It is <laughs> It is always going to be there. You're always going to be healing. I hate to break it to you. I think it's probably the hardest thing as a holistic practitioner to tell some people who have started, you know, seeking my counsel is that you're always going to be healing. Um, you're, the trauma that you've experienced is going to leave a scar and that wound is always going to hurt it's just that over time you've been given the ability to build up some scar tissue around it to make it hurt a little less but yeah. it's and always you develop there. the tools you know to mm-hmm. to cope with it and you know to accept exactly. it and move on from it all of those things yeah I think you mm-hmm. were yeah I think that you're very smart in saying that Um, kind of alluded to this a little earlier saying that like you wake up every morning with the intention like to to choose better habits for yourself right Mm -hmm. like 
like before they become a habit that you don't have to think about anymore, you have to wake up every morning and do the damn thing. And it's hard. <sighs> it is hard. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 you know, when you have the weight of, um, the world and I think now more than ever, people can really either choose to relate to each other or just keep treating each other. And, um, not so well, but I think those who re recognize that we're all kind of in the same boat here going, Oh my God, like now, not only do you have your own personal problems going on, but then you kind of have everyone else's personal problems mixed in with that, amplified with the fact that, you know, the world's just a bag of shit right now. Yes, we're so. all struggling. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. okay, since this is a sex podcast, yeah, how yeah. is holistic healing in your practice specifically? How, how is uh, sexuality a part of your holistic practice? Where does that come in? Yeah, I think that like one of the things I actually thought about as I was going through my schooling is that I would really love to become a sex therapist one day. Yeah. Um, and oh, I, right, I think that I would just be yeah. um, like I worked at a sex store once and I kind of almost felt like a therapist sometimes when I was <laughs> yeah. in a sex store. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I've worked sex retail would, and you yes. did too. Yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like people just come to you with like their sex problems and stuff yeah. and you're and and you're i mean you're not a professional but like i you're trying to help them have... troubleshoot with stuff like you're you yeah know, they're telling totally. you a problem and you're like okay well let's try and figure this out you know <laughs> like and yeah, you're literally let's... just a retail person <laughs> like <laughs> Oh man, I do it with like cannabis too now. Like I feel like every kind of retail business that I've in, I've I've therapized in yeah. some way. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm just making that up now. It is now, yep. <laughs> so yeah, I always wanted to be a sex therapist and I thought that it would be really interesting to bring in um work around our sacral chakra. So for those who don't know about chakras or energy points, we have a load of different energy points which i won't get into that but we have seven main energy points that are called our chakras okay. um and we have one chakra in particular located kind of in our hips and genital area our sacral chakra and it's connected to creativity sexual desires a lot of things around our sense of um sensuality and things of that nature because it's located in that like uh, sensual point of our body um so i would love to one day bring in some sort of um like uh, like a counseling or therapy around like getting energy work kind of getting somebody to focus on that part of themselves bringing out um you know conversation about uh you know what what might be their their challenges around their sex and sex sexuality that's why i think people would be seeing me i guess but yeah i'd love to bring energy work kind of into uh sex and sexuality some way to end the future yeah for sure because um i i mean holistic healing um and sexuality like sexuality is a part of our health you know, our sexual health is part of our overall health. So um, to me, it makes total sense if you're like doing holistic healing on your body. That's just one of the parts of your body, parts of yourself that 
probably could use a little healing touch. Totally. And you'd be surprised how much, like, something like another chakra of yours could be connected to, um, like, why maybe, just for example, like, maybe you've been heartbroken a lot and uh, you connect that to your sense of self and your sense of worth and throughout your your breakups and relationships you only ever really felt connected to them when you were having sex and so now all of a sudden being single your heart being broken is now some you know in that kind of in that way being correlated to now you're not feeling worthy and not having any kind of sexual drive anymore might just be you know could be an example of why why someone would like seek my services if that's something that I offered in the future very cool yeah I can see that being very helpful for people because that's very that's very true I mean specifically in that scenario you were talking about it's like a breakup can just have all these different implications surrounding your your you know sense of self um, self-identity all that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even like people in the uh, sex worker industry. I have a lot of friends who have been on your podcast who are sex workers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, you know, that that comes with sometimes its own traumas. And Certainly. I know uh, I know of a lot of people who uh, maybe have been traumatized through their work. And so they're not really actually that sexual outside of their work space, you know, and like that might be something that's very draining for them. So there's a lot of different kind of avenues that you could look at to as to why you're seeking maybe more of a holistic approach to also releasing, um, releasing some energy around, you know, sexual health, desires, um, things of that nature. Right, right, right. Okay, so we're here to exclusively talk about demisexuality i'm excited i don't think we've talked about this in a while i feel like the last time i did was maybe with kate sloan who's a sex writer who's actually Mm -hmm. coming out with a new book just throw this little plug in here 101 kinky things that even you can do by kate sloan check it out everybody it's going to come out really soon um but yes this has been a long time coming talking more about demisexuality so Mm -hmm. um where should we start? Would you like to tell maybe, I, I'm not sure how personal you want to get, like maybe your personal uh, story surrounding coming into your own demisexuality? Is that something uh, you'd like to talk about? Yeah, <clears throat> totally. I think it's interesting, uh, an interesting question because I don't even think that I have like um, a distinct like memory as to when I was just like oh yeah this is a word that I know a term that I understand and therefore you know and I identify as it because I have more distinct memories of like when I came out as queer when I realized that I was queer coming out as polyamorous exploring those types of relationships and stuff like that but I think that demisexuality always was just like really innate in me and that Mm. when I just finally heard of the term I just was kind of like oh yeah yeah, that. Okay, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. That is the thing. Um, maybe define thing. it. Maybe define it for people who yeah, maybe, totally. maybe have, don't even know what it means yet. Yeah. For me, I find that I need a emotional and intellectual connection with an individual first before I engage in a physical encounter with said person. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Emotional connection mm-hmm. first before a sexual connection can blossom. Yeah, because I think that, like... Um, 
like I've been with people who can can just have one night stands and love the spur of the moment and the whole kind of like excitement around uh, that kind of encounter and I love that I'm all for that I think that if that's if people are doing it safely and ethically and both people are on board you mm-hmm. know, by all means, or, or if groups are on board, if it's a freaking orgy, more than one. who? <laughs> the more the merrier. <laughs> uh, but for me, like, I just really, like, there's just something in my body that really needs that kind of intellectual or emotional connection first before, you know, I can let my guard down. And I think I really did feel this before. Before I even like experience any kind of um, trauma that may have like uh, influenced that influenced yeah me like swing swinging that way I think really and truly it was very like innate within me for a long time I always had like very deep connections with people and and relationships like I always had my mom likes to say that I never really let grass grow beneath my feet between each relationship okay (laughs) (laughs) I love your wise mom's like (laughs) quotes coming in throughout this she's so wise so wise um yeah yeah so it's just kind of like now that I'm more so I guess single um for the first time in a while it's like kind of trying to not reinvent rediscover myself I guess Mm. is the best word to describe it you know um but yeah I think that that's really difficult as somebody who's demisexual to now go out in the world and start meeting people for the first time again because you know, there's not to say that um, people won't wait for you to finally engage in physical connection after a while, but it's just that that sense of um, unfamiliarity. Like my relationship that just ended was a four year long relationship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we really didn't know each other for a really long time. And now losing that unfamiliarity is kind of scary because it, it it, you kind of feel like, oh, you you want to go just on this, like, sex rampage and get over <laughs> the relationship, yeah. right? But yeah. on the same time, there's kind of something, like, stopping you um, from doing that, kind of knowing that it, it isn't going to really serve your best self. Like, yeah. just for me yeah. personally, that's that's just what I struggle with as, as someone who identifies as demisexual. I can imagine this being a roadblock and by I mean imagine I mean I personally have also been coming up against this and kind of re-contemplating you know uh, my relationship with my own sexuality was when exactly at this point that you're talking about like wanting to kind of start dating again you know Um, and it can be an intimidating thing because the whole thing is that you kind of have to know somebody to feel sexual attraction and like, you know, you're on a dating app, a swiping dating app, like Tinder, (laughs) um, looking at pictures and I'm literally not swiping, you know, 
right on literally one person. Like I can't, e- I can't even like look at a picture anymore and think, wow, that person's hot or wow. I want to bang them or wow. I'm attracted to them. I, I can't even do that anymore. I'm like, I don't know them. How am I supposed to find them attractive? I literally don't know this person and the bios yeah. are so small and I haven't met them. Oh. And it's, it's, it started to get pretty frustrating and I'm like, I, yeah. I don't think I work this way anymore. My attraction works this way anymore. Yeah. That, I, I, I had that same contemplation when I was also going on the online dating because it was so funny. Like I just wasn't like really interested in people. And then lo and behold, I would always come across like somebody's profile of like somebody that I had just like already know. Yes. Like, I I'd already know them. Like, they're, like, from the scene, or they're, like, a friend of a friend, or, like, I've met them before. <laughs> and they'd always be the one that I'd, like, connect with. I'd be like, yeah. oh, I already know you? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that legitimately exact same thing happens to me, too. I'm literally just looking for people I know already. I'll, like, go yeah. through Tinder, swiping through to find people that I recognize from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like- <laughs> That's so funny that you also do that. That's totally it. And you know what? When I think back, really, that's how I've used dating apps for years and years. Mm. I'm literally just trying to find someone that I already know on there. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I know because there's like (laughs) a comfortability, you know? Yeah. (sighs) Which is apparently integral to my attraction at this point. You know, when I think back, my patterns of how I've met people and got into relationships with people um it's never been like this thing of you know being attracted attracted to them right away um and like it's always been that they've had to be in my kind of sphere for Mm -hmm. a long time and I have to see them over there and slowly get to know them over a long amount of time and then suddenly it's like oh I'm I'm like, maybe I should ask them on a date. Like, I, I grow more and more attracted to them more and more I, I know them, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's my That's been the pattern. So I'm like, oh, wow, okay, that, that sounds a lot like demisexual to me. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, you're like building it up slowly, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's only recently that I've really kind of put a name on it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think that is ringing more and more true to me in my own sexual identity, I think. Yeah, and I think that everyone's going to have... I think what becomes tricky sometimes is that people feel like as soon as you put a label on it, it means that you have to follow the exact script of what that label means. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you're non-binary, you have to look a certain way. If you're queer, you have to talk a certain way. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think, too, like, sometimes people's journey with their sexuality can be a little bit confusing because it looks super different for everybody. Um, like I know that there was like a point in time where I just wasn't necessarily like treating myself in the best way. And I was just seeking, um, you know, people like I just wanted my body to be used. Right. Um, right, right. And, and again, I don't put down people who in a healthy way are looking for that, but I wasn't looking for it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just went against what, um, you know, what my like identity and sexuality was, which I knew innately I was demisexual and I wasn't actually, um, 
yeah, I just don't think that I was approaching those relationships in a healthy way. Like I was, I was just kind of going from person to person. I also wasn't being very safe and stuff with these, these sexual encounters. So, you know, that from an outside perspective, people are looking at it like, oh, well, you're in the scene, you know, you, you're, you're, uh, polyamorous, you're, you're, uh, like, open about your, your sexuality and stuff like that, so, like, mm-hmm. how does that fit in with being demisexual? Yeah, So it's exactly. kind of always, like, yeah, it's kind of always, like, a hard one, too, like, especially when you go through certain periods when you're just like, I just want to be a slut! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then right? that's when you call your friends that you like very much to come and <laughs> Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. how do I know that I could be a uh, slut with? Let's see. Let's look through my Instagram DMs. You know what I mean? I literally yeah, do it's, that. It still comes, it's, yeah, it still brings you back to demisexuality at the end of the day. You're like, it well. It does. Because I'm looking for people I know that would fuck me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. People that I already have an existing emotional connection with. Yeah. Who I can trust and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, not yeah. to say since, um, you did mention like, you know, being, being like sex positive, you know, and supposedly like that pressure of having to be just like super, um, just, you know, DTF at any moment. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that, that thing, same thing when I've talked to like sex, who sex workers who are on the ACE spectrum, you know, who are mm-hmm. de- anywhere from demisexual to ACE. Uh, asexual and kind of how they navigate that because they're you know despite everything we're talking about it's like you know some demisexual people still can still do have sex that way you know yeah like yeah 100 percent, and like everybody's Mm -hmm. different and like you said there is no script so exactly um you know you might meet demisexual people who are super slutty at the drop of the hat you know just can bang anyone and everyone like Mm -hmm. I think something that I tell people surrounding my demisexuality is like okay it's very hard for me to do that thing of like to objectively find someone attractive sexy like I want to bang them however literally everyone I know and I like like literally anyone I've developed any sort of emotional connection with I will bang like I, I'm, a, I, I will bang anyone I know. Basically, <laughs> like, like you heard it here first. Yeah, that is an invitation. <laughs> if you, if I literally like met you and we've had more than a couple conversations, like I probably love you. You know, like I, that's right. enough emotional connection for me to want to bang you. Like I'm not picky. I'm really not. Like I like to have sex and. You know, that might just, that might just surprise people surrounding demisexuality, but, you know, it could be be that too. Yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Comeasyouare.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at comeasyouare.com. 
And I think for me, what I'm discovering is that, like, it's very immersed and kind of aligned with my, like, mental health challenges as well. Mm. Um, you know, like, I think when I, like, look back on, like, moments where I'm, like, more, like, free or moments when I'm more reserved, like, I think it, a lot of the times has to do with, like, how I'm feeling about myself. And that is interesting nugget that I kind of wanted to 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 discuss because I don't know if anyone else is is maybe going to resonate with this but okay I think about like (laughs) yeah I think about like demisexuality and my relationship with myself okay right so like if I don't have if I don't love myself if I don't have an emotional connection with myself if I don't have you know any kind of like positive self-talk with myself you know if I'm not doing that on a daily basis if it's all like negative self-talk and you know I'm not feeling 100% about myself I'm not feeling sexy I'm not like masturbating yeah I'm not and and, this is what I'm noticing I'm not masturbating as much right because I've just been like not feeling connected Mm. yeah to my body to my mind to my soul right so, like, I think it, demisexuality sometimes goes even deeper than our external relationships. And, like, sometimes, too, then, depending on how you're feeling about your own internal relationship, your relationship with yourself, then that kind of skews your, um, not, like, skews your sexuality, but, like, sometimes you just, like, approach your sexuality differently depending on then what your mood is, how you're feeling about yourself. It all kind of like plays into each other, I feel like. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I yeah. just feel like that's really interesting. No, it is. It definitely is because the whole thing surrounding, you know, attraction is that you've got to get to know someone, feel safe with someone, connect with someone on that deeper level before you can have sexual activity with them. So that's very, that's a really interesting take that if you're not necessarily feeling like you're really having a deep connection with yourself, that you're also not going to have sexual activity with yourself. That's, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. That's, that's really insightful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was, like, literally just thinking about it today. Because it was, like, I've just had, like, a lot of stuff in me at once in life. And yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of other people who also feel like it's just, like, when can I catch a break? Um, and I'm definitely at that that point right now where it's, like, when can I just catch an effing break? Motherfucking break. Yeah. yeah seriously and yeah I've just like I've gone through a recent breakup as I've mentioned and um, you know there's issues at work where I'm not feeling safe and you know oh I gosh. just had someone someone close to me pass away so oh God. yeah it's just been like a lot of stuff where then you're not feeling you know you're not feeling 100% and I was like talking to my ex on the phone today and they were just like oh, you know, have you been, like, masturbating a lot because, like, we haven't been seeing each other kind of yuck, yuck, yuck. And I was like, honestly, no. (laughs) Like, no, I'm not. I haven't been because I haven't been feeling good about myself. Like, I, I I don't even have, like, the energy sometimes to, like, get out of bed and go to work, let alone, like, touch myself and make me myself feel good. Um, Because I think, too, when, like, you're... Uh, and a lot of people might relate to this as well. Like 
when you're in that downward spiral, it's hard to think that, like, you also deserve the good things in life. Like, you're just kind of doing the bare minimum and scraping by. Because life, like, for me right now is just, like, so heavy and so hard. So it does, I think, affect your sense of self and your sensuality, your sexuality. I think I think mental health just affects a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Like, I know a lot of people who maybe don't identify as demisexuality. They'd be, like, masturbating all the time, like, ten times more. <laughs> if they'd, like, yeah. the, like, maybe been going through what I've been going through, and I don't judge that. It's just a completely different reaction to grief. Yes. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah, people do all sorts of things when they're having poor mental health days. Like, you know, from one side of the spectrum to the other, it's like depressed people can look like anything you know like you never know even when you you know are in a lot of you know maybe you're in somebody else's presence for a lot of hours out of the day you know a co-worker you don't know what they're going through right Mm -hmm. because we Mm -hmm. all kind of react in different ways maybe you can't get out of bed maybe they are like a functioning person that is just going through the motions day in and day out and just trying and just literally getting by um totally you know, and that's their trauma response. That's their coping mechanism. So, but no, yeah. that's, that's very interesting. I, I think I, um, I think I heard this from Nadine Thornhill, which is a fantastic uh, sex educator here in Toronto. She specifically works actually with like uh, young adults and, and youth surrounding sex education, which is really awesome and important. But she, I think she brought up this thing of like some of the things that we no, we can do to make us kind of to soothe ourselves like like masturbation mm-hmm. when we're not feeling great for instance um mm-hmm. that it's unfortunate that sometimes us not feeling well um doesn't allow us access to the thing that would make us feel a little better or soothe us or you know help us in some way um you know just like you're saying like if you're not feeling great about yourself then you just kind of can't masturbate it could be for a thousand reasons. Maybe you don't, you know, think you deserve pleasure. Maybe you're getting too distracted and just, you know, and just literally can't like, cause you're having negative self-talk that you just can't get out of your head. And, um, you know, for maybe you just literally can't open that drawer and get that vibe out. You literally can't even do that much on that day. But yeah, yeah it, it was something, yeah, some sort of a tweet where she was like, it's just, it's such a shame that, you know, we know something that could soothe us, but it's that poor mental health that is the, uh, isn't allowing us to access it. Yeah. Well, I think it's the, the self-talk. Like, I think like we, we unfortunately don't talk to ourselves like we would talk to a best friend. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> like you would never talk. We, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, you would the never. The shit that we say to ourselves, you would never say it to your friend. And that's like the key thing that I've been learning is like, start talking to yourself like you're your best friend. And what I think has been helpful is like, literally saying like kit you are enough kit you are loved like as soon as you change it to like almost somebody telling you that you were that thing instead of because we've been taught a lot i think to um do that manifestation of like i am abundant i am loved i but which is great if that works for you again by all means i'm not here to nix any anybody's way of working but i kind of learned through a couple different podcasts that i've been listening to is that um 
saying you are like yeah. really second pointing person, dra- putting in yeah. the second person it, yeah you mm-hmm. yeah makes a huge difference yeah you're right because then it reorients um yourself that you're you know you're talking to someone yeah yeah exactly and would you talk to someone like that no you wouldn't I feel yeah, like, you would never say the bad things. No, like, and, um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, a lot of people that do have negative self-talk, again, I'm talking from very personal experience, like, I'll go above and beyond to, like, be supportive, be helpful, be uplifting of, like, my friends and my, you know, my partners and my loved ones. Like, I'm the first person that's going to give the most positive, supportive, you know, <laughs> support yeah. surrounding people's mental health. And then when I'm talking to myself, it's like night and day, right? So it's that thing of like, you know, picturing exactly like you said, picturing like you're talking to a friend, do your affirmations, Mm -hmm. like you're telling them to a friend, or I think even Evgenia said this, she's um, spirit sex from spirit sex lab. She said, talking to, um, as if you're talking to a younger you, so you as a child, Mm. so talk with that much empathy, you know, and and mm-hmm. with that much care, like it's actually mm-hmm. a child you're talking to, you know, a younger you. Yeah, totally, totally. Who's usually the the where the trauma sometimes is coming from, right? So there you go, there you go, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all just living it out for the rest of our days. Oh my god, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Healing is not linear. <laughs> Again, yes, not linear. Every day, it's hard work. Every day, you got to make the choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But something that's a big reminder is that, you know, the world needs you. Um, anyone who is listening to this, that's been the biggest help for me through this entire thing is just people consistently telling me that I am needed, I am loved, I am wanted. Um you know, I just hope that that message as well reaches people just knowing that whatever it is that they're going through, that it's, uh, it's not necessarily going to get better, but you're going to see better days. You're going to see better days, you know, and you're going to see some, some shitty days, which sucks, but, um, the world needs you. That's very, that's a really great sentiment. Um, is there something you do for yourself? Um, that really helps you when you're kind of having poor mental health like this? Like what types of Mm. things do you meditate on during your like five minute meditation, you know? um, Yeah. That try to break that cycle again. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, everyone's going to come away with different tips and tricks and like what works for them. There's a couple that I've learned through podcasts, through therapy. Um, I really am trying to use the 54321 method. It's a method that, that, yeah, it's it's a one that has, um, this is uh, through a podcast that I found through the School of Greatness. And, um, it's, uh, been researched to actually like save a lot of lives too, where, um, like, let's say if you just use a simple example of not wanting to get out of bed in the morning, you just count down from five, knowing that by the time you get to one, you're going to get out of bed. Mm. Is it going to work every single time? (laughs) You know, like that's up for debate. You got to, like we've kind of mentioned before, make it like a habit, make it start getting into it into routine. But that's one that, yeah, I'm definitely trying to use. 
Um, my therapist uh, taught me to imagine rose gold uh, color or light kind of just illuminating my heart, mm-hmm. circulating my heart, circulating my body, just this beautiful rose gold color, just filling my body up with love. I really like that one. Whenever you're just kind of feeling a little bit wonky. Um, there's a couple other ones, like even just finding, um, like what was, what was one of the ones? Oh, for example, I have a ring that I fidget with. Okay. And just, and just thinking about like whenever, every single time you fidget with it, thinking of a happy memory. So just again, making that like a habit, like just remembering, okay, every time I'm going to fidget with my ring, it's going to elicit some sort of like a smile is going to come across my face and I'm going to think about something happy you know, just like trying to bring, it's not that you're ignoring the negative per se, but you're just attempting to like always like bring yourself back to joy. Yeah. Kind of using that as like an anchor and stuff. There's like a lot of different, you know, like just even um, recognizing when you're in a spiral and doing some self-love affirmations. There's this really great app called Think Up. Okay. And what you do is you can record three different affirmations. Um, if you don't like your voice, it might not be the best for you, but I've, I've gotten over it. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely don't start, start a podcast, people, because editing these yeah. is, uh, has been a journey over the years. Let me tell you, I used to <laughs> absolutely despise listening to myself. I know. I always, so I, I always think that, like, who can, who can listen to my meditations? Ugh. But anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah so yeah you record yourself saying these affirmations and then it, okay. it plays it back to you over like meditative music okay oh that's so there's nice. like a lot of, yeah there's a lot of like different um i've also been doing cold showers this isn't for everybody but it is if you've heard of wim hoff or when Hoffman, he, he does uh, cold baths and like hikes Everest in his boxers or something ridiculous oh like that. Yeah. And what is and, that doing um, exactly? So it's help rate. It's helping your nervous system, right? Because you're regulating your breathing through n- not hyperventilating through the cold. You have to regulate your breathing. So it's that right re- by regulating your breathing is, is helping your nervous system like right away. It's also helping with inflammation too. A lot of the times, um, like if we might have like any kind of inflamed like gut, like we, they say that our gut is like our second brain, right? So right, right, like right. if you have any kind of that could be like affecting your mental health in some way too. Like a lot of these things, like our mind and body is really connected. Um, so, but even like simple breathing techniques, like you can you can search up a lot of breathing techniques on YouTube. That like if you just t- take a moment to do though do one of those during a time of feeling anxious that could be really helpful too oh amazing lots of amazing stuff there thank you <laughs> yeah goodness um continuing to talk about demisexuality mm-hmm. um so what do we do then um if maybe somebody is listening and they're hearing us talking about how dating you know think even the thought of thinking about trying to find a new person to date seems like such a big insurmountable task um Mm. due to you know their the way their attraction works um Mm. then how do we how do we meet people how do we get to know people 
um, and then yeah. eventually, eventually fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, being honest with your, I think honesty, first and mm. foremost, is the key. Being honest with yourself first. So there's, um, if you've been in the land of TikTok, there's actually some really great um, holistic healers on TikTok who will give you like journal prompts into like finding yourself or asking yourself the right questions about relationships. Um, even probably YouTubers too will do this as well, depending on your like preference of, you know, how to find people. Um, but yeah, I would be like honest about yourself in terms of what you're looking for out of, out of a relationship. So like journaling will be really important. Um, like, you know, may having a clear idea of what you want and then just being honest with the people that you're starting to see, whether it, you are okay with online dating or maybe you're meeting people through friends or maybe, you know, in this world where things are starting to open up a little bit, you maybe are going out to bars or restaurants and trying to meet new people. Um, but maybe somewhere along the conversation, you can be as uh, casually upfront <laughs> about, you know, where, where you stand, just so that there's no miscommunication. Also, I think it helps you to not waste your time. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I'm, like, honest with people, like, even in my online bio, like, I say everything. I say that I'm poly. I say that I'm queer. I say that, um, you know, I'm non-binary and all these other things. I even mentioned that I'm demisexual and I'm very uh, honest about even asking people, like, you know, if you have any questions, please let me know. Um, I'm happy to let you know what these terms mean to me. Um, because yeah, I just think that's why I say like honesty is just like the key here. Being honest with yourself first and then with the others that you're starting to engage with. Yeah. Just front load all that information. It weeds them out. It'll, you know, waste less of your time with people who aren't interested in, you know, dating someone Mm -hmm. like that right away. Yeah. You'll get Mm -hmm. less people, you know, probably that will make it through that sieve, you know, but that's the point of it. That's the point. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, exactly. You, you like, the point you is really that you're weeding want... out people that, you know, yeah, yeah, are, are just going to waste your time. There you like, go. Yeah. Honey, don't waste your time. Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do not waste your time. Yeah, I like the um, uh, suggestion you had a, of maybe a friend could introduce you to someone could set you up. I like that idea um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's a whole different thing. It's like, okay, maybe I don't know this person yet, but the fact that someone I know, you know, knows them and, you know, someone I, someone I trust already um, and have an emotional connection with has an emotional connection and trust with this other person. It's like already that feels better than, (laughs) than swiping through just random pictures. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. like, and it's funny, though, like, that I think a lot of people have suddenly been confronted with their own demisexuality um, Mm. throughout the pandemic, because, you know, as you said, like, you know, we used to go out to bars and go out to events, sexy events, and, like, go out and do Mm -hmm. things out in the world, in which case you could start talking to someone and getting to know them, you know, um, mm-hmm. like you're not just looking at a picture on a screen, you're out in the world and you're, you actually have that chance to get to know them a little bit to be like, okay, yeah. here's my number. Let's try going on a date, you know? 
Um, that yeah. Now that demisexuals have that kind of taken away from us, it's like, okay, well, how do I... I literally don't even know the first step to connecting with someone now because I can't even <laughs> meet them, you know, get to know them before deciding that we want to go on a date, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, you, like, 100% just blew my mind with that, like, thought <laughs> process. Like, it seemed natural, you know, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Maybe we didn't think about it all that much. Maybe we didn't have to be confronted mm-hmm. by, um, you know, by it that much. Maybe there weren't that many roadblocks pre-pandemic, but there are now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think about, like, when I used to be going out before, I think, like, I... I think this is where I, like, struggled even telling people that I was demisexual because I don't think it would have been as believed as much post uh, or pre-pandemic because mm-hmm. it was just, like, while well, I was out and I met somebody, I was, you know, attracted to them and we got to talking and then after talking we just kind of, like, you know, had a really nice connection and so things, one thing led to another, you know. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But, uh, you know, like, you, like you're saying now, it's I'm not, you know, just going out and being able to have, like, a really nice, deep connection with somebody within a couple of, like, hours, mm-hmm. and, then, and then be able to have a deeper physical connection with them soon after. Um, again, because, like, demi, this is the thing with demisexuality. It does, it is going to look different for everybody depending on the time and who yeah. they are and what's going on, but... Yeah, it's interesting. Like, now it seems like my demisexuality is maybe even more amplified and I'm even more picky. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because I'm not going out, but I think, too, that's a little bit of what the pandemic kind of is teaching me. Like, who do I really want to keep in my, like, Ooh, yes. close circle of people? That. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic is the ultimate teacher. Oh, my goodness. Mm. How many of us have learned so much about ourselves and our boundaries, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) Oh, boy. But, yeah, I um, recently started dating someone who also identifies as Demi. So that's also kind of an interesting thing of, like, how we both navigated that identity Mm. surrounding this and like two people who again really like sex really have a passion for sex and um you know people might see me in my sex positive spheres or my sex work spheres or like i'm very publicly sexual Um, right you know but hey we did not fuck on the first date believe it or not <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or not, you know. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. I know. I think it took to actually to the third date. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, that, that's where again, it's like it really, it really doesn't matter, like numbers or comparison or like they yes. did it this way and I did it that way. Like, it's gonna look different for everybody. I think if you're listening to this and you're resonating with just some aspects of it, cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you're somebody who's gonna start exploring their sexuality in a different way and seeing if demisexuality fits. But it doesn't mean that um, just because you're not relating to everything it doesn't fit or that just because you're relating to some things it does fit. Like, yes. it, it, it's, it's such a spectrum. And, yeah, I think 
hopefully people will just take away from it, you know, what works for them and yeah, kind of yep. like see how it goes from there. But like I said, it's just, it really isn't like a particular script or one way of doing it. Yeah, I think that's really well said. It's that you're custom creating this for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, take what does work for you and leave what doesn't, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like making your own recipe. Like, you can take ingredients from different things, but, you know, you can also leave some ingredients out. Definitely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like Mm -hmm. that a lot. No, it's so true. And, like, I mean, that's very true in all the spheres we kind of run in. You know what I mean? That's the true with polyamory. It's like, it doesn't look one way the whole thing of it is that you kind of figure out a way to do it (laughs) yeah that works for all the people involved like it's just another one of those things it's like where you can create this for yourself um just because you don't see it exactly represented somewhere um because unfortunately there isn't a lot of varied queer representation like literally anywhere so Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you know there could be many parts of demisexuality um, that we haven't even talked about today. Exactly. Know, be- because it's not something that specifically you or I experience, you know. There's mm-hmm. probably lots more things that other people um, find, like, really integral to their demisexual identity that isn't integral to ours, so we just didn't talk about it today, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. 100%. So, okay, what I usually kind of like to ask is, like, to wrap this up, is there some note you want to leave people on surrounding demisexuality or holistic sexual healing? Is there something that you want to kind of end on? Yeah, I was just thinking that... um... You know, when it comes to exploring your sexuality, again, like, honesty is key. So just being really honest with yourself and what it is that you're needing in that moment. And I think sometimes what people do need in that moment is a little bit of um, healing through holistic health. And so if that's something that you're looking to explore then you know don't be too afraid to start looking into different um yeah different venues that'll help maybe start your journey to peace and joy yeah alternative methods you know maybe you have to try something new maybe what you've been doing isn't working out so great and it's a lot of trial and error too it can be kind of frustrating sometimes but you'll get there you will get there yeah love that okay Mm -hmm. kit founder Mm -hmm. and creator of sit with kit where can we find and follow you and book you potentially for your services yep so you can find me mainly on instagram at sit underscore with underscore kit underscore and yeah you're going to be able to contact me there and uh i have a website as well and um oh and i have an email it should be sitwithkit at gmail.com and the um website should be sitwithkit uh dot com <laughs> lovely folks <laughs> you should know where to follow me by now i'm at the lady pim one on twitter that's where i'm most active but if you must follow me on instagram i'm at the bedpost podcast or at the lady pim we have a patreon it's the bedpost show we have a youtube it's the bedpost show and also, um, just like to point everyone to the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. That is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. 
Come kit this has been lovely thank you so much for coming on the pod today yeah thank you for having me always anytime anytime baby <laughs> sweet love it love it open invitation to you <laughs> i love that <laughs> exclusive you get a vip access <laughs> awesome thank you uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening hope you enjoyed this one we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the podcast talking about sex and sexuality get fucked everybody bye 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!